Mike, do you believe in destiny? Look, I believe that if you work very hard and have some good fortune, great things can come your way. Today we have a topic that you picked out. Maybe it was destiny. Or I sent it to you and said, can you please write a script on this? So today we are talking about nominative determinism. I know this may sound boring, but I assure you it is not boring. I agree. I found this captivating. Nominative determinism is the hypothesis that people tend to gravitate towards areas of work that fit their names. Examples include Igor Judge, former Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales, or men named Dennis who become dentists. My middle name is Podcaster. It's an old family name. No, it isn't. (laughs) Before we get into this, we need to go back in time to pre-urban life, where people would often be given names, or at the very least nicknames, based on their work. In ancient Rome, citizens were given cognomen, or third name, and this slowly spread. For example, Edmund II was king of England for a short period of time in 1016. He was given the name Edmund Ironside due to his valor in battle. Just as a side note, I read this guy's Wikipedia page, and it is a wild story. I'll put it in the show notes for people just to go check it out. He was not king very long. (laughs) Throughout history, various people groups have instilled meaning in the names that they have given their children. For example, the name Michael, which we both share, it means Mm -hmm. gift from God. And in the 1700s, the Puritans used names like faith and grace for the first time, taking words from their beliefs and turning them into names. Let's jump forward to the 20th century, when Smith and Taylor were two of the three most frequently occurring English surnames. They both come from occupations, though a few Smiths and Taylors remained. In this era, the concept of aptronyms first arose. This is a term used for people whose names in occupations or situations have close correspondence. I have some examples for you, and we'll see how far we get through this list before cracking up. Jules Angst a German professor of psychiatry who has published works about anxiety. (laughs) Sarah Blizzard, Uh a meteorologist for the BBC, not to be outdone by American meteorologist Amy Fries. Amy Fries is a better name than Sarah Blizzard. Amy Fries sounds like like an off-brand X-Men or something. It's like, not Storm, Amy Fries. (laughs) Uh, We have... Lance Bass, the bass singer for the American pop boy band and Mike's favorite musical act, NSYNC. Bye, bye, bye. Doug Bowser, president of Nintendo of America. This is a good good. one and a recent one because of Bowser, the villain. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. If his last name was Browser, maybe he'd be president of Firefox. We never know. Yep. Uh, Thomas Crapper was the inventor of much of our modern plumbing appliances. Mm. Former Washington bureau chief for CNN, William Headline. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Headline. Billy Headline. <laughs> who's who's on the story? It's Billy Headline. <laughs> Billy Headline reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> Just permanently walks around one of those hats with press in the brim. Oh, I Billy want Headline. Those. Josh Outman was a major league baseball pitcher. Larry Speaks was President Ronald Reagan's acting White House press secretary. There was an American poker champion by the name of Chris Moneymaker. Yep. Bob Rock, Canadian music producer who worked with Metallica and Aerosmith, amongst others. Yeah. (laughs) English poet William Wordsworth. And, of course, Anthony Weiner, American politician who was involved in sexting scandals. I feel like you put that one in for fun. Is that even in the the Wikipedia article? Okay. It is. These are all very good. I would have added it. These are all very good. <laughs> so let's talk about our sponsor. That is Pingdom. They are also very good. It is the... Uh, Started by Larry Pingdom. 
don't think that's true. <laughs> By Larry's website up or down. Look, we all do a lot of shopping online, and there's a little worse than when your shopping cart or some checkout process fails or website suddenly becomes unavailable. Well, if you're on the other end of that, if you're running a website, you want to know the moment that your website goes down or has a problem, and that's where Pingdom comes in. It uses transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkouts, forms, and login pages fail, and you know that before they affect your customers and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted. For instance, I get text messages and push notifications if Relay.fm goes down, and I know what's going on, and I can, I can get to work. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code UNGENIUSED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for the support of this show and RelayFM. There are some examples of inaptronyms or names that are ironic rather than descriptive. For example, this is my favorite, Robin Mafood, president and CEO of Food for the Poor. This is the best one. Oh, no. It's the best one. Oh, no. Uh, Frank Beard, an American musician who for many years was the only member of rock band ZZ Top without a beard. <laughs> Samuel Foote, a comic actor who lost a leg in a horse riding accident in 1766. Oh, no. And, and Jamie Sin, who in 1976 was made a cardinal by Pope Paul VI, thus becoming known as Cardinal Sin. Change your name. Change your you name. you got to change it. you got to change, change it. it. you got to change it. You can't be Cardinal Sin. Yeah, add an that. E to it, a cardinal sign, do something. But anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about earlier, which is nominative determinism. So, as we said, it is a theory that people tend to gravitate towards areas of work which reflect their names. The name fits because people possibly subconsciously made themselves fit in the role that, that links to the name that they have. The term has its origin in the British magazine New Scientist, when in 1994, editor John... Headline. No, I'm just kidding. His, his last name's not headline. It's Hoyland. John Science Boy. John Science Boy noticed something <laughs> odd about a couple of books the magazine had been sent. The first was Pole Positions, the Polar Regions and the Future of the Planet. This was written by Daniel Snowman. <laughs> and then there's a second book, London Under London, a Subterranean Guide, which had a couple of authors, but one of them... Richard Trench. I'm not going to shorten that name. Hoyland was wanted to explore this phenomenon, and the term nominative determinism was adopted after being suggested by reader C.R. Cavonius. Ever since, readers have sent in examples that they have come across, despite editors trying to ban the subject as it's gotten a bit out of hand, it seems. The people at New Scientist weren't the first to study this. In fact, early research took place in 20th century Germany and has been studied by many other groups over the years. And some interesting things have come out of the research. There was a Harvard University study that found students of unusual first names were more likely to drop out from their courses than those of common names. That's sad. Yeah. Some more fun names pop up in this research. Uh, Sue Yu, an American lawyer. <laughs> Just great ads you can make with that. A weather reporter named Storm Field, whose dad was also a weather reporter. You, want to see, you know, you see that one. That feels forced. That one's a little forced, right? Not only did you create the name, they they followed in their father's footsteps. But Psychology professor Louis Lipset, who, amongst many other things, studies babies' sucking behavior. In 2015, researchers identified surnames that were apt for the specialty, such as urologists, with the names... Burns, Cox, and Ball. Perfect. 
I cannot believe you've allowed me to say this, but we're just going to go over it anyway. Well, I wasn't going to draw attention to it, uh-huh. so now we have. <laughs> Other research has compared doctors and lawyers whose first or last names began with three-letter combinations representative of the professions. For example, doc or law, and likewise found a significant relationship between name and profession. It's also been found that the initial letters of physicians' last names were significantly related to their subspecialty. For example, Raymonds were more likely to be radiologists than dermatologists. That's wild. These are the best. I could do this all day. It's so much fun, but we should probably finish the episode. Yeah, I guess so. While reports by owners of fitting names are of interest, some have questioned their value in deciding whether nominative determinism is a real effect, claiming that selecting only cases that seem to give evidence for nominative determinism is to ignore those that do not. Who complains about that? Peter Party Pooper? There you go. I mean, where's the fun in, in like picking regular names? No, you pick fun names. You know? That's right. If Sue Yu was called like Sue Maryson, this is not fun anymore. You know, Sue Yu is funny. Well, uh, thank you, Mike, and your brother Callum for sending this in. This <laughs> this was so much fun to do. It was great. And if you have a topic that you want to send in, you can do that. You can head over to the website relay.fm/ungenius/ninety-five. There, there's a bunch of links to stuff we talked about. Uh, but you can also get in touch via email on that page, or you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Ungeniest. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me there as I-S-M-H. And until our next letter to the new scientist, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.